I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, it's not the last podcast, by the way, right? So I'm going to say as usual, but hold on a second. Don't freak out. You can't get rid of us that easy. We're not gone. We're going to be pulling it down to one podcast a week. But we're still going. And it will be old buddy. Me old pa. Ah, Ryan Peacock. Let's go. I never really know how to come in after that because you you have this super energy and then I have to come in and tell you how it's been. But it's I can never elevate to that level of energy. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to get you there. I, do you know what? You're getting lethargic from all the beer. You're drinking too much beer, man. You're, nope. you're chilling out too much. You need to maybe stick a bit of Red Bull action in there. Vodka Red Bull. Talk to Tom Cole, basically. I'll tell you what you need then. is Look is at that? this. Look at this. I don't know why this is on my desk, but can you see this? What is that? It's called Mama Juana. <laughs> And well, basically, I was out in the Dominican Republic, bought some cigars, and they gave me a bottle of this stuff. And yeah. apparently, yeah, it's 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 the, it's the bomb. Apparently, it, it sounds pretty dangerous. Anything that they give you away free with something else means that it costs very little. That's scary, like. I I think right, and I, and I was thinking about this. Tom Coles has gone to several games this year, including the last one against the Cowboys, and we won, right? Yeah. We won every game that he's attended this season. And, of course, he didn't go to the game yesterday and we lost. So I think as a penalty, I should take that down to London and we should make Tom drink the Mama Juana. Sounds good. He's already, like, we asked people for questions and Tom has already come in and said, best drinking game for the Super Bowl. Tom, what a way to typecast yourself, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's all he can think about right now is how drunk are we going to get. But, yeah. You know his missus listens to the podcast just going, oh, for God's sake, here he goes again. I know what I'm in no, for no, no. again. If, but if she ever asks, Tom was well-behaved, respectful <laughs> lad, never had an issue with him. Don't worry, Tom, we got you back, bro. Goes on tour, stays on tour. No, he is always well-behaved. He's just a great crack. Um, but he says here, I, I, we don't mean to get to the fan stuff straight away, but someone suggested, like, of course, we have to give a mention to Matt Tisdale at WBA MMA. He's a West Brom fan, a mixed martial arts fan, and he just he's the gift king, isn't he? Any, like, any situation we have, and we could name a really specific situation like a chicken that had been burned in a fireworks fire ran onto a Packers game. He'd have a he'd have a gift for it straight away of some chicken from some random program running onto a pitch after being in a fireworks fire. And he's after putting up this like insane gift scene of about a, it must be four hundred Jaeger bombs being dropped in. And, Pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, Tom Coles just come out and says he could do anything but Sambuca. That's his kryptonite. That's my weapon of choice. Sambuki. What do you think, Rhino? Can you handle it? I, I, yeah some of it Jägermeister is my kind of thing it is you, something you like or you're a kryptonite because there's going to be plenty of Jäger you've got to get on it you got to get on it oh yeah that, that rum bit of bourbon but rum and do you know what I like this is the thing this is the thing right? I like this is not going to be a popular choice and probably not very many I prefer white rum to dark rum yeah which I know is, that's not very cool is it so you're a Bacardi man is that what you're trying to tell the people here you're not doing that to oh here we go it's the blue wicked brigade again I mean that's something that we get lambasted with the whole time is wicked yeah wicked so maybe I'll have a little Bacardi at the end of the night <laughs> let, let me tell you a funny drinking related story right and it's not even me drinking I put myself through college working in bars around Dublin and one of them was this hotel hang on place. hang on hang on, hang oh, on. Come on shock horror the Irishman has a drinking story carry on <laughs> it's not about drinking so it's a bit unique uh, so I worked in this place. Man, this place was rough. Used to get all types of characters. But then you'd have the odd sort of poshies come in. Uh, but this place was pretty hard. They called it Grab a Granny because it was over 25s. But the only people that used to come in were like over, whatever, 40. Now, you would get the odd few people. But then the young lads used to come in to Grab a Granny. So they'd go home with some some L1. Uh, but this was a tough place. I mean, even the arms of the chairs in this place had tattoos. So there was one guy, and I don't know how he was there. He was a tourist guy from Africa. And uh, he came down and he had a really strong sort of, uh, you know, French accent. And he came up to the bar and he said, uh, hello, uh, I want to uh, get an aniseed and coke. And I said, an aniseed? What is he talking about? I said, oh, an aniseed. And he went, yes, an aniseed and coke. 
I went, okay, and an aniseed and coke. Like, I know what it's mean. Because Sambuca is like aniseed, it's like licorice. So I gave him the Sambuca in a glass. I said, it's pretty strange that he's having it with coke. And handed it off to him, went back. And he just sat there drinking away, not a bother. And I came back and he said to me again, he said, no, an Hennessy, Hennessy. I said, oh, Hennessy. <laughs> so I had to give him a brandy. He wanted a brandy and he got a Sambuca. Oh, that was a bad time. Oh, I'm sure he enjoyed it. I did. He seemed to. You do love pubs like that, don't you? There's that where you normally hang out in pubs that have pool keys but no pool tables. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty worrying. Some lad did get stabbed on the floor before. Um, and then they had a they had a riot. There was like, you had to come down a tunnel. That was the only way to get into the club was through this tunnel. And some lad got annoyed, went out, started smashing all the cars, came back with all these mates and just war ensued. So the bouncers were at the bottom of the tunnel, the lads were up the top and they started throwing chairs down. So it was a pretty rough place to work. But anyway, should we get to the Packers loss? I think we've tried think, to stall yeah. for as long as we can, right? I was going to say, we're trying to put this off, but we're going to have to probably talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So I tell you for one thing, yeah, it's a good job we weren't doing this pod straight after the game that some people suggested because most of what I would say would have been beeped out. Yeah. And I don't think I'd have even wanted to talk. No, do you know what? At the start of the game, uh, it was ex- you know it was laden with expletives, but then as the game went on... I, it went from just anger to like disappointment and then from disappointment to hope that we might come back into it and then you know even to the point that this is how diehard we kind of are here is even when before just before to put Brett Hundley on I was sort of thinking we might have a chance here and I kept thinking back to the Seahawks game when we got waxed in the final two minutes one of my mates uh, back then who's actually a Falcons fan so I'm raging um he was even texting me back at that game saying, oh, you know, congratulations, mate, you reached the Super Bowl. And I even said to him, don't say anything. Because isn't it the same year on year, Ryan? Is that the defense, again, has let us down. Now, we'll talk about why it's let us down, how that's kind of okay or not okay. But either way, it happens in the big games. And I keep saying it, I keep saying, um, and I'm, it's not that I'm not a diehard Packers fan. We are. The the organization has recognized it because they recorded that Packers Live documentary on us, which is airing right now in Wisconsin and will be on the Packers.com website really soon. So like even uh was is it Larry McCarran and uh Cliff Cliff Crystal actually or Cliff Christie, depending on who you talk to, he was a massive critic of the Packers for many years, especially back in the eighties. Huge critic. And the Packers asked him to come on and be their historian because no one knew the Packers albeit he used to criticise them better than than Cliff so it just goes to show look you're allowed to have your opinion and that's certainly what we have Dom Capers I'm not convinced this soft zonal stuff doesn't work especially when you're up against the likes of Julio Jones we get burned all the time and but there's no discount in the injuries Ryan I mean, where do you sit on it right because we've we've so many people saying oh the defense is rubbish get rid of caper sack him then you've other people saying well what does he have to work with you know if there's so many injuries there uh, he doesn't have a choice which which camp do you fall into yeah i mean the defense was generally quite horrible this season but you cannot ignore the fact that injuries played their part throughout the season almost from start to finish different players were out at times just about everybody was out and we ended up with rookies playing who I don't think are bad players, but they probably have been thrown into it far too soon before they've really had a chance to learn. Um, and it's probably gone down quite harsh on those guys. So I don't know. It's, it's difficult to say with capers, people who defend him, um, and I think they tend to be in the minority, but those that defend him saying, what has he had to work with? Certainly this season, it's been difficult. But the last few seasons, he's had decent defenses, not really produced. The only thing I would say about this season is... Do you need talent to be able to compete? No, you need you need heart and you need a bit of bravery. And and I think the fact that we haven't even been it feels like sometimes we haven't even been good enough to compete, mm. I think is 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 one of the things that really irks me about him. I would be surprised if Capers is with us next season. Um, but then as stupid as this is gonna sound, it would almost be not surprising for us to keep everybody in place and continue on quite stubbornly anyway. Um, I don't know with the defence. I would like to see us go into free agency and maybe pick up a couple of pieces. Other teams have done it and retooled and done well. Um, The Giants, for example. Uh, You know, I think we need to start going into win-now mode because... If we get to the end of Aaron Rodgers' career with one Super Bowl win, I feel like we've wasted one of the best talents to ever grace the field in the NFL. 
Yeah, because to be honest, Ryan, every year what it seems like, if we had a half-decent defense, we're not looking for you know a shutdown defense. If we had a half-decent defense, we'd make it because he drags us as far as he can He can bring us, along with some you know dynamite wide receivers. Um, he drags us to the NFC Championship game. And I know people were looking at that game and they weren't disappointed. And we'll sort of talk, we'll hit on that a little bit later. And they were saying, look, you know, we're lucky to be where we are anyway, so it doesn't really matter. You know, it's like what I said about finding the 50 quid. You'll get some people who say, I have 50 quid that I've just found now. That's as good as, as if I had it, you know, all the time. Whereas you'll have some people who get the 50 quid and go, nah, screw it, let's just blow it on stupid shit. You know, so and that's what I think about this is that some people have that attitude of like, look, we weren't supposed to get here anyway. But we were supposed to get here because this is what teams do. They go on a run and they drag their team in. And if we had any remnants of a good defense, you know, we'd be able to go to the Super Bowl year on year. If you look at Bill Belichick, some people call him the best coach in the NFL, but he's actually the best team builder in the NFL. I don't imagine, like, even if you listen to Bill Belichick's speech after they won the AFC Championship game, and, you know, I mean, a dead fish would have more charisma. You know, you listen to this guy and he's like, well, did the fundamentals right, and we're on to the next game now, and we have to try win that. Oh, Jesus. You know, like, I wonder what his locker room speeches are like. I imagine he's like the guy in work who was your manager, and, you know, he's no crack. He doesn't small talk whatsoever. He doesn't even talk about the weather. He'll come over to you awkwardly and say, hello, Stephen, is that done yet? Well, you need to be efficient in making sure that that report is on my desk by five or we can't. You know, I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to fall asleep. Jesus. And I imagine him that way. But he's the best team builder because he lets players go mid-season. And he just builds around them to, to nullify that effect. And also he comes up against teams and just takes away their number one threat. And he had the best offense and one of the best defenses this season as well. So I think what could happen this season, and I think what Packer fans are calling out for from what we see in the Twitter, is that they're looking for, you know, Ted Thompson to move on to a scouting role perhaps. Because let's face it, you know, he's adept at the draft and develop, allegedly. And people say that that's proven. So if he moves to like a, a chief scouting role, Elliot Wolf moves in because he turned down the 49ers job. They see that the Packers offered him a new deal. So he becomes GM. And we've seen how ballsy his father was. And then we go and Dom Capers. I know Connor Ward on Twitter uh, was saying, you know, maybe it's best for Capers that he retire, you know, himself than let the Packers sack him or let him go. So a lot of, you know, that distinguishment. So would you agree with that? Well, I saw that tweet as well. And I think it certainly makes it easier for the Packers, doesn't it? If he goes of his own terms and he probably saves a bit of face with the fans because he can... You know, almost make out. You know, we recognize. I recognize there was an issue here, and 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 I walked away. I think the Vi- was it one of the Vikings coaches did similar this year. Thought he was holding yeah. the team back. Did yeah. So the only thing is, for me, if it was me personally, I'd never quit. I'd never quit until somebody told me I had to leave, um, because I would always. He's somebody that's been around a long time. He's going to believe in his philosophy. I don't see him walking away from the team and accepting defeat because it's it's just not what. Generally, it's not what people do. Um, it's it's re- it's a really difficult one because, and just to go back to when, when you started talking, um, you mentioned about obviously whether we were supposed to get this far, whether we should be happy that we ended up here or disappointed that we didn't make it. You can be disappointed that we didn't make the Super Bowl because who wouldn't be disappointed to make it? But yeah, I, th- I guess now looking back, and this is what I'm saying about being a day later, is that yesterday I was the only thing I could focus on was the loss and how it happened. And today I can look back and go, do you know what? Actually, yeah, four and six team, giving up a stupid amount of points in in, in just about every game we were playing at one point. Um, to then go on the run that we went on to fix as many things as we fixed to have young guys come in that you know were either undrafted practice squad um, pickups from other teams, whatever it might be, to have those guys come in and be able to perform and bring that team up as well. There were a lot of positives. And if at four and six, you said to me, how about you get to the championship game and you lose one I'd have laughed because at four or six, I just couldn't ever see that happening. But also I think most of us would have taken it at four and six. Okay. But so can you be proud of the team? Absolutely. In my book, can you also be disappointed in the team because of the way we performed last night? I think you can as well. And I don't, I don't think that's a conflicting uh, statement. And I don't think it's sitting on the fence. I think you can have both emotions. Yeah, and to the dude out there, right, because we put out on Twitter 
uh, dear Packers, we're not angry, we're just disappointed when we were 24 zip down at halftime, right? Bit um, like how, bit, bit how, how your, your parents used to say to you, right? Exactly, and no, that was the joke. I'm not angry with you, just disappointed. Disappointed, and that, that's why we said it. We were taking the piss, it's tongue-in-cheek, we were getting smashed, and we were disappointed. There was people throwing stuff at the TV, uh, but we like to have a bit of a laugh and a joke with the followers. So we got one guy coming on who was a Packers fan and said, spoil Packers fan. Delete this account if you're going to come out with shit like that. And I'm kind of thinking, hold on a second. We're down 24-0. We missed a field goal, which is the first one Mason Crosby has missed in five years. Uh, Ripkowski, who's been a revelation this season, he's doing stuff at professional level that he never did in his previous career. He gets the ball stripped at the 11-yard line. You know, we should have been trying to keep toe, and then our defense actually can't stop anything. They showed the... You know, the play-by-play account of the Atlanta offense and it's all touchdowns. I think they, they punted once and then the other one was a field goal. I mean, yeah, we're disappointed. Of course we're disappointed. We're 40, 24 zip down. Then we're 31 zip down. How would you not be disappointed? Delete your account. Like, you know, shut your tits, you sit down. I hate this, like, when people, you know, I, I call them perspective tweeters. You know, people are like, you know, if you say, oh, I'm having a bad day. Uh, I got rear-ended on the motorway coming to work. And someone goes, yeah, well, imagine you could have got a terminal illness and died in Africa. And you're like, hold on, hold on a second, okay? I don't live in that sphere. I live in a privileged, you know, Western society. And this, comparatively to my life, is a bad time, right? No one, you can put anything into perspective, can't you? I mean, you always get those people, oh, well, you know, it's much worse for someone else. Yeah, but it's happening to you. Your own experience is unique to you. Jesus. And so we have these, we have these perspective tweeters because... We'll do an episode later. And actually, if you want to see what it's like to run the fan group and, and some of the people sort of integral to the group, the, the documentary Packers Life is going to be coming out. It's a great insight into how much, you know, myself and Ryan sort of sacrifice on a personal level. Monetary-wise, time-wise, you know, we all have families and we, we sacrifice an inordinate amount of time that causes arguments to, uh, to do all this type of stuff because to bring the Packer nation across the UK and Ireland and Europe and America together is a very important thing for all of us and it's it's enriched everybody's lives that we've touched and we've been very touched by it but to run the fan group sometimes the stuff that you take oh here we go again because what you'll get is you'll get that guy like oh shut up delete the account you're a spa and then you get other people going we'll come out because we also come out with a tweet almost two seconds later saying can we see the headlines tomorrow Packers you know come back from a 24 deficit to beat the Falcons on a last minute Hail Mary you know because we take an awful lot of stuff in jest and we take the piss a lot sometimes it gets us in in trouble you know some people give out right so the thing is and then we get people coming on to say oh you just have your head up your ass you, you don't know what you're talking about I can't believe you're being this optimistic this is over just turn off the TV and jump off a bridge you know and you get that sort of stuff as well you can't be too positive you can't be too negative but Ryan I don't know anybody who's sane of mind has logical thinking and isn't smacking their head repeatedly off the side of a bus that doesn't think at 24-0 down a half time after getting absolutely embarrassed that it's not disappointing. Are you sure it wasn't like one of Skip Bayless's sort of alias accounts? <laughs> it does have a few, like, doesn't it? Because <laughs> because it's the only it's the only sort of mindset that I can think. If I'm thinking of a professional, it's got to be a Skip Bayless type thing. And the only reason I say one of his other accounts is, did you see the uh, did you see the okay. tweet where he obviously has multiple accounts yeah. and he said something. He put on there something like, uh, can't wait to see Skip Bayless on Undisputed tonight. New show on FS1. And he said, you're the and he man. Tweeted it from, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he tweeted it from his own Skip Bayless account rather than one of his obviously fake promotional accounts, <laughs> which know, is brilliant. It reminds me of that episode in Friends, you know, where your man's a badass Bruce Willis. And then he goes into the room and Ross is under the bed and he goes, you're a neat guy. <laughs> you know, that kind of guy. <laughs> you're just a love machine. You're just a love machine. It's kind of something wow. similar. There's an insight into weekends in the O'Brien household. Hey, it's Bruce Willis, not me. But come here, I know you wanted to talk about it as well, didn't you? We were hitting the pre-production hard. And some of the stuff that we saw last night, one of them was you wanted to talk about fans of other teams who are anonymous throughout the season. Yes, absolutely. Fans of other teams that didn't even know followed us on on, uh, Twitter. This is is the best thing, right? One, fans, fans that follow an account you do not have to follow to just abuse you when it goes wrong. We get a lot of that, don't we? And we've even had accounts set up pretending to be us to try and destroy our reputation or whatever we want. That's, you know, whatever, fine. One day Twitter might actually shut that person down, but never mind. But the one that annoys me most is fans that actually take time out of their day to follow us, even though they're not Packers fans, which is fine because we've got plenty of guys. We've got Chiefs friends. We've got Atlanta friends, Dallas friends. 
fine. But the ones that take their time out of their day to follow us, check out our tweets, and then abuse us because they hate us. I mean, <laughs> did we have teams that were just completely irrelevant this season in terms of playoffs, right? Yet they're absolutely ecstatic. They hit their Super Bowl last night, essentially, because the Packers lost in the championship game. And then they won it. Yeah, okay. There was the situation we lost in, but also what we had to overcome to get to that point. But they were so happy. And I have to say, it probably goes without saying, but Bears fans and Vikings fans, you are the worst. Because, <laughs> honest to God. What a way to blanket the whole fan base. No, no, no. But seriously, that made that made their absolute season last night because we lost in the championship game, right? A championship game. When was the last time the Bears or the Vikings got to a championship game? No, it's, no, it's okay. It's okay, listeners. We wait. I mean, I'm not expecting you to know that. It's it's not an it's not an impossible question. But what I'm saying is, when was the last time? that you were in one? When was the last time you had the chance going to Super Bowl? When was the last time you went to a Super Bowl? And when was the last time you won a Super Bowl? Hmm. Okay. And when you can answer any of those questions to me that, that, that give you any sort of credibility, then I'll listen to your bullshit. But until then, you guys suck. Yeah, but you know what? I don't mind too much because when the Seahawks lose, I just I feel a bit happier inside. The day's better. Like when they lost this season, I was looking at the game and after it was over, and I was like, oh, that was lovely. So I do like when the Seahawks lose. I used to like when the Niners lose, but now it's kind of that thing. I just feel sorry for them at this stage, you know? Um, yeah. But what annoys me about the whole thing is that, yeah, we had that Vikings fan come on and troll us, right? But it was kind of laughable because let's not take life too seriously. But, you know, it's the fact that he's been following us for years and he doesn't pipe up at all for ages. And then the one time he does is where we're getting smashed. And then he's like, oh, hey, so I don't see you, you know. And then we got another thing about, uh, we like to call Seahawks fan bandwagoners. Because I think certainly the emergence in the UK of Russell Wilson jerseys going around, that people just jumped on it after the Seahawks um, started playing well. And now look, I'm not trashing that. I, I can completely understand. Everyone gets into the NFL at different times. You might get into it and the Seahawks are playing well. And then you start, you say, okay, whoever wins the Super Bowl, they're going to be my team. And fair enough. And look, the Seahawks are a good team. More so when they have Earl Thomas and they don't stink. But when they do have him and they're playing well, yeah, power to you. But then you get the nasty ones who've been watching NFL for, you know, seven months. And then they decide that they know it all. And then they try trash you. So, look... We just put out a bandwagon tweet because they just tend to have more bandwagoners than than other teams. People like we put out that tweet, didn't we, of a guy who actually has a Niners tattoo on his bicep and it shows him at a game in his Seahawks jersey cheering them on, and you can see the Niners tattoo underneath the Seahawks jersey. Like that's bandwagon mm-hmm. level one thousand. Sorry, I'm just gonna jump in. One of my favourite ones is actually one of the NFL London games. Uh, and there's a guy stood there in his Seattle jersey and the, and and he's asked, So if a franchise was to move to London do you think you support the London franchise? And without a moment's thought, he went, yep, yeah, probably. <laughs> I love seeing those videos. It's like, uh, the, you know, when the whole Trump-Hillary thing, thank God that's over. Well, maybe it's only starting, it's the beginning of the end. It it's will never starting. be over. No, it's, uh, you know, you always get these people on YouTube, these uh, faux interviewers, these sort of the only, you know, scare up this stuff when anyone's gone for an election to go, so do you know any of the policies? So this guy went up and asked a Trump supporter about policies and it was that type of thing like what you're saying like halfway through the interview he realises that he's not actually a Trump supporter because he starts asking about like on Trump said this and do that do you agree with that no I don't agree with that he shouldn't have said that and then he ends up supporting Hillary by the end of the video it's someone who doesn't have strong convictions like that who can be just turned around really quickly it's kind of hilarious but Kabir I had to laugh yesterday we got this we you know where myself and Ryan we look for like you know your Packer selfies and we love you sending them in and we try to eat them out hopefully you know if uh, God blessed you with some good looks that you get an extra few followers, right? But it was so funny, wasn't it, Ryan, that this girl uh, tweeted in. And if there's any sort of quintessential tweet that's going to get you at least 150,000 followers within two seconds, it was this girl. She I don't know what, what she did. She got on the full face of makeup. She had the red lippy on. She had a top. But, I mean, you know, she was wearing a white underneath it, but you could see underneath, right? Ridiculous sort of behaviour. So she was in there and she was leaning back. I think she might have had the whole... It was the hand on the side of the face or it was the finger in the mouth, I think. Whatever it was. And she leaned back and her tweet was, right? She was like, in my dorm room in Florida, supporting the pack or something like that. And next, just... If you see her followers just go from like 3,000 to 6,000 within about two seconds. But the best one... 
Um, and you know Twitter's not exactly anonymous but the guy Liam Grundy he's followed us for ages but his one tweet underneath it was the tweet of the night he just went and follow I just love the fact that he didn't even try hide it he just put his pride on the line swallowed his pride and his dignity and just said that's a winner hilarious no, I just think for me it's nice there's people out there that care about others feelings and when you know the Packers were down a bit somebody wanted to cheer them up and that's great <laughs> We talked about this pre-production and the one reaction that you had is you stood up and I saw a big load of Ryan's belly. That was upsetting. I, I was just saying, I was just saying if it worked the other way around for guys, I can't imagine that someone would put on a pair of tiny shorts <laughs> that will see through <laughs> and send a tweet out and then suddenly get a load of follows. More than likely it would be unfollow. It would be like on, uh, what's that What's that crap program with all the, the women and all the lights go red? Uh, take me out? Yeah. No likey, no like. It'd be like that, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would work in our, like, I guess. Even, do you know what, though? Even if we had a guy who looked like Ronaldo and we got him all oiled up and we put a Packers symbol on his mickey and put him sitting there and went, just checking in from my sexy basement, you know, you'd actually get people blocking you. It, it works the opposite way for lads. I remember I worked with a guy, sound chap. He actually looked really like Ronaldo, so much so that the first time I saw him, because we all got inducted to this uh you know past workplace at the same time it's it's a it's a firm they take about 200 people in and i looked and i was like jesus who does he look like and then i was really oh shit that's ronaldo he looks exactly like ronaldo and everyone thought it he thought he was going to be a smart lad now you think you look like ronaldo you know you're going to get loads of women but they didn't go for him because he knew he looked like ronaldo which is warped if you were a girl who looked like whoever you know pick a whoever the one of the Jenners or Kardashians whatever one of those if you had a girl that looked like that every guy would be going for them but the minute a guy looks mm-hmm. like somebody else or thinks something of himself that's like a natural deterrent for girls but to make it worse than the chap he actually showed up at a fancy dress party dressed as Ronaldo and that was just his death nail then they were like oh so you know about it and you're like of course he does he has a mirror he looks in the mirror Jesus Christ anyway we kind of got off track so, again right haven't we yeah yeah so while you look like the guy out of uh, what's he called Jon Snow is it yeah, Game of Thrones. You look like the Jon Snow and I look like Mr. Potato Head with a beard. <laughs> you look like the mountain, if anybody. If, if we're going to make Game of Thrones comparisons here. Do you know what? Probably one of my proudest moments actually was being in, uh, again, the Dominican Republic this year and a Spanish dude that I was playing beach volleyball with oh, yeah. actually said to me, do you watch Game of Thrones? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you look like the mountain. And yeah. I was like that. I am winning in life. <laughs> He's like seven foot tall. You're not far off. Yeah, I'm not quite that tall. You're not as tall as... Yeah, six two, really? Well, almost as tall. It's it's like six foot one and a half, but I'm saying six two. Yeah. We have that picture of me, you and Tom Riggles where it's standing together, don't we? And the number one comment we get on that is like, is Steve kneeling down? Yeah. Basically, Steve fell over just before the photo and it's just him as he's going down. Yeah. I happen to be posing normally too I'm like uh, Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Brother you know can't take a bad yeah. photo before we completely lose everybody should, is this the is this the point to get over onto Twitter now and see what our followers are saying because I feel like it's just descended yeah let's do it right who have you got then who's your first tweet that you're pulling up today oh, Jesus hold on let me get down through them here and that's, so that's you, weren't, you weren't just weren't prepared then were you no not really I was too busy shouting on not, about uh, not, not very professional Stephen yeah, sorry so we have a tweet here let me go on she says she says it first but I don't see it first uh, Kelly Resnick again like if you're not following uh, Kelly Resnick like sort your life out will you I mean she's a great follower of the podcast she's only really came to the fore this year I think uh, she booked a spontaneous holiday over to London um, and she was hanging out with a few Packer fans over here so she says hey hey I asked the capers question first I don't know Kelly hold on let me click on your old profile here and go down she's an ex-army vet well I made the mistake of saying that she's an ex-army vet um, she's Air Force she said she's Air Force which to me is the exact same thing I don't understand um, oh, no it is not yeah so because Ryan and why is that so close to your heart buddy because I am from an Air Force family and Air Force are the one with the brains and the army well <laughs> a a screw you b now uh jones family uh they're dutch because she's half dutch and her all of her dutch they relatives don't have well. an army in dutch oh, they in, do. In, in dutch, oh, in I, dutch i'm really. gonna get them in the to, netherlands they're gonna blitzkrieg you if you're not careful so they were all in the air force and then my granddad was in, in the irish army for for i think it was 27 years and his father was in the army fought with michael collins who people think is just a you know movie character but anyway we're getting off topic again so she says she asked the capers question first i can only imagine should capers be sacked 
Yeah, look, the thing is, is that I don't know whether it's a lack of personnel or whether it's the defensive schemes. It honestly looked like a defensive scheme last night to me. Because look, no matter how, you know, deficient you are or new to the league you are, we saw Eli Apple in New York uh, with the New York Giants, you know, play some shutdown defense. So if you play man coverage, you're able to track a man. All you have to do is track them, get your head around. And people go, oh, all you have to do is if it's easy. No, it's not easy. But these people have been drafted. These lads have, have been through the mill. They've been through their interviews. They've, they have inordinate amounts of college tape. They've been playing since they were, you know, barely walking. So, it's yeah, it's not easy. Only 2% of all college players make it to the pros. But I, it came down to defensive scheming for me. Sometimes Capers is on point. Sometimes he's not. Now, the thing is, people keep saying, well, he puts the players in the position they have to be able to make the play. If the players are not able to make the play, putting them in the position time and time again is not going to work. So the soft scheme stuff, and if there's any Packer fan out there who can disprove this fact with stats, please do. But are we the worst on third down? Certainly in the big games, we're worst on third down. You know, we're on third and seven and we give up 27 yards. It has to be wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, you would think so. I saw a great tweet last night and I'm really, really sorry to the guy that put it out there because I cannot remember who it was. But if you want to give us a shout and say it was me, then then I'll I'll big you up, but somebody put something like it's surprising any of our secondary get called for holding because normally they're nowhere near the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah, but uh, what have you got, Rhino, on the old Twitter? Uh, I'm going with Kenny Mac. Oh, yeah. Um, somebody that's all over the Twitter all the time. He says who needs to be re-signed, and he gives us. I, th- I think basically he's saying you got. He's given us four options. Yeah. Um, he's saying who needs to be re-signed and who is gone. Uh, I'll give you the four names. I'm going to ask you to go the person you would f- sign first and the person mm. you would let go. So the four names are Lang, Lacey, Cook and Shields. Well, well, Shields is obvious. Well, you know what? Shields with the concussions. I think he's gone anyway. Yeah, Medical. same. Yeah, I, I think, think he's going to retire. Exactly. Lacey, I'd say let him go. There's too many issues. He, he's dynamite, uh, but they're probably going to have to sign him to a big deal for unproven can, production. Can, can you do that again? Say, Lacey, you would let him go, but you have to do it in the Disney style of Frozen. <laughs> is that what, what type of request is did we get that request in let it go let him go holding yeah, on see? anymore see the way I know yeah I don't know any more words than that Neither either but I. you do you seem to know a lot I no do, nobody yeah. asked that question I, that was just my question it's good yeah so good. let Lacey go Lang has to be kept uh, he's dynamite and that's another thing we have to talk about Lang breaking down he broke down last night when he got injured and he was crying and people were like oh look how much the NFC Championship game means to him I don't think that was the case am I the only one to say that he's now going to probably miss the Pro Bowl next week and that meant so much to him it was quite obvious and he was he came out after that and there was a lot in the media at the time about that you know Sitton used to always go to the Pro Bowl Lang was always you know, sort of languishing behind him, even though the two of them were very close. Actually, they were right behind each other in grading. So I think Lang is disappointed that he's going to get injured and not be able to partake in that experience because certainly as an old lineman, you never know when you're going to get that chance again. And speaking of, Bakhtiari actually has got nominated for the Pro Bowl. Uh, but Lang is someone that you definitely have to keep. But the first one that you have to re-sign, um, I think, is Cook. Well, do you know what? It's very hard because Lang, if, if you're going to put, you know, Don Barkley in place of Lang, yeah, certainly sign Lang first. But the two of them have to be re-signed and both of them will definitely be re-signed. What about you, Ryan? Well, for me, if you, I'm just going to go on Lang and Cook because I agree with you on the other two. But Lang, for me, gets signed first and he has to be the priority because offensive linemen are so hard to come by. And we've seen what happens when you slip just one bad guy in. Yeah. I mean, the revolving door went in last night and I think the next play was a sack. Um Jared Cook, I think, yes, we let's look to re-sign him. But I also think that Aaron Rodgers makes the player. Yep. So I think you re-sign him both, but Lang comes first and then it's Cook for me. Yeah, certainly. But either way, I think they both get signed. So whether one of them gets signed 20 minutes before the other, I don't think matters. But the thing I'd say about Cook and what you said about, you know, Aaron Rodgers makes the player. But that's exactly the point is that you have to sign a player like that because he garners so much attention. I mean, the Packers are 10-2 and two with Cook on the field. And he certainly attracts the attention of people to see that they have to double team him. And that he became more prolific as the season went on. So although Cook on his own wouldn't be too much of a commodity, when he's with the Aaron Rodgers offense, well, then what you're dealing with is, is that, yes, once you re-sign him, he becomes dynamite it's the exact same as what's happening and if anyone wants to see the effect is Julio Jones at 180 yards and two touchdowns last night unbelievable production against a pretty crappy defense our defense has given up career numbers to multiple quarterbacks and multiple quarterback wide receiver sets this season right and it's because our defense is so bad if you go and look at that Patriots Steelers game Hogan 
uh, who was signed from the Bills, who could have been signed for 12 million all in, became an absolute superstar this season. And that's because of the, the Tom Brady and the Bill Belichick effect. He had the same numbers last night as Julio Jones did, 180 yards with two touchdowns. So it goes to show you, yes, a quarterback does make the player. Another uh, tweet I want to pick out, Ryan, is a lovely message that we got before we come on the podcast from Jade. So this is at, at when it's sort of Wednesday, Wednes J. Adams. Right. So she says quick thoughts about this year on Twitter. She says, for someone that's only been really become obsessed with the Packers this year and has never really felt near a Super Bowl miss before this disappointment was huge. But the Packers community and the UK Packers community in particular have made me feel so incredibly welcome this year. And I've made so many new friends. I feel like my opinions on things in this community is welcomed and there is always someone to listen to me. And I take that over a Super Bowl win any day. Then she says, that's a lie. I wish we were in the Super Bowl, but the Twitter folks really have been cool. So it's nice to have that effect on people, Ryan, isn't it? And this is exactly why we do our follow trains at the end of every game. It's not yeah. about getting more followers for us because, you know, surely only the people that we send it out to are going to retweet it or whatever. It's to get all the Packer fans together so that if you're following, you know, 100 other followers that follow us, anybody, someone mentions something that's Packer related to debate it, you'll have another 99 people that can jump in and join yeah. in. I mean, this is really, as people know, and again, when you watch the documentary, hopefully it'll come across. But one of the things me and Stephen first discussed back in the very early days of, you know, where do we want to go with this? What do we want it to be? The very place we started at and the very place we said it always must be is a hub for all the fans to bring people together to enjoy the sport and enjoy the Green Bay Packers together, wherever you're from, whatever your knowledge, whatever your experience. So it's brilliant that somebody new has come into the group and they're still feeling that vibe because it means that we've never gone away from what we set out to do, which is, I'm, I'm happy with that. So thank you for that feedback. Yeah, and that, not to get too soppy on people, but again, and as well as that, like we had that troll cry. guy. I know. That, that guy who set up that troll account and like we sell t-shirts to try pay for the, the expensive cost it is to run the website continuously. It's, some people are under the impression that we just set up a website and it runs itself. I mean, there's a monthly charge on an awful lot of what we do and the charges do rack up and we pay it all out of our own pocket. So when we do sell t-shirts, we're a non-profit. We're not earning money and going down to the bank and driving Bentleys. The cost, the, you know, the money that we get from selling stuff on the site doesn't actually cover the cost of running the site. We just do it to try, you know, chalk off some of that cost. So anybody out there who's trolling us saying that we're trying to earn money from selling stuff, we're not salespeople and we don't do it to earn money. We're not a commercial organization. We're a fan group. And the amount of time that it takes us to do the stuff that we do for the podcast, like sitting right now recording this, and then the editing is twice, three times as long as the actual podcast itself. You know, so... I, I, Hopefully people can give us a break there. But uh, anyway, we won't go on too much about that. Let's hit a few more, one or two more tweets, Ron. What do you think? Um, uh, I like one here from, where should we go? I know we've, I know we read out every week, but uh, from Jill who says, what are your top three positives to take away from the season? I think it's a good question, which is why I called it out. So I'm going to shout out one first. I'm going run defense this season. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think generally for most of the season, it's been positive. I know there were games, I'm thinking maybe Tennessee Titans, I'm thinking back where we got a little bit run over. But generally, game's good. I mean, Atlanta last night, everybody talked about the passing game, but they also had possibly the best running back duo of any team. Now, there's two schools of thought on this in my mind as I'm talking about it now. Either they absolutely were destroying us through the air, so they didn't need to run, or when they did run, we shut it down enough that they just decided to pass. But Devonta Freeman held to 42 yards and zero touchdowns and Tevin Coleman held to 29 yards and one touchdown. Mm. You know, those two guys have absolutely run over other teams. So, you know, even right up to last night, I think the run defense was good. So that's one of my positives for the year as a whole run defense. Yeah, I think resiliency as well for me was one of the positives. The fact that we could come back from 4-6, that's an obvious. And as well as that, it shows that this offense is firing on all cylinders again and that we saw Jordy Nelson drop out of the game um, and he you know, he came back then after after injury. But you know, there was a portion of, of a few of the games where he wasn't on the field, Randall Cobb wasn't on the field, and we had, we had lads to step up. You know, as, as bad as Jeff Janis gets the rap for a poor route running, when he came into the game last night, I thought he did pretty well. I thought he shedded blocks really well. Uh, he made space for himself and he just wasn't found. So I think that's a positive as well, is that how our wide receiver core has got more depth in it now and serious mm-hmm. depth, not just like, oh, he's a fast guy who might be able to catch something if Aaron Rodgers will trust him. I think as well on that, there's a lot of players on the field in a lot of different positions. I'm, I'm looking at a lot of the young guys in the secondary that have mm-hmm. come in this year, maybe been a bit banged up and in terms of like, 
their performance or guys that have sort of maybe drilled them. But if you think now they get a whole off season to work on it, they get another year older, they've had that experience, you know, they will learn from it. Um, and you, you might see some really nice players come out of this situation next season. So that, that you could turn that around into a positive. Yeah. So and if we get what's a- your third one? Well, it's the tight end play. I think that we have more weapons, you know. I, I think that if we were to add a running game to what we have, um, the fact that we have tight ends wide... I, do you know what? I think we are the Atlanta Falcons of last year. I think that we had the weapons, but all of a sudden, now, you know, way better than them. We got way further. But, you know, they were losing close games. I just think when it comes down to it here is that if we had a dynamic run game, we've seen what happens when we, when we did the play action against the Giants. I mean, how effective that was. So I just think that all we need now is we need a shutdown corner. We need the safeties to keep balling. And if we have a shutdown corner and make them use one side of the field, uh, you know, if we had someone a la Richard Sherman, which, you know, it's going to be hard for us to get. But this draft is meant to be cornerback heavy i think if they have to go the opposite side of the field on sort of a a quote weaker corner well then i think that you know we can double team on that side of the field and we can do some really creative stuff take some of the pressure off and you know we could be absolutely balling and let's get on to this one ryan um it's a a tweet that came in again from scotty man add uncut scotty and he says that you know did anybody else get wound up by Kristen michael on the last play of the game and he just played the video. Now, from what I see from it, he jumps up and throws the ball in the air, almost like a celebration, and then starts slapping hands and hugging uh, the player that brought him down. Uh, you annoyed by that? Or are you not? You know, you don't care, or how you feel? Was it so? It was the last play of the game, right? Yep. So, uh, I think the problem is is that somebody's obviously taken a seven to ten second clip and put it out on Twitter. Um, maybe guys hadn't seen it live because a lot of people had maybe turned the telly off by then, mm. uh, whatever. But I think it's it's made worse unless you realise it's the last play of the game or near enough, you know, it's right at the end. The game was done probably from, you know, realistically start of the fourth quarter. The game was even away from us. It's right at the end of the game. I don't know, the guy that he hugged and uh, it's going to sound wrong, but helmet bumps with. Um <laughs> Oh, is this PG? I don't know. Is that is that like a is it, is it a college teammate? Is it someone that he's played before? Something like that. Somebody that he knows, you know, because he seemed to go straight to that guy. Or is it just uh, game's over, guys? So you know, start showing that respect. We've been beaten and, and and well done. You know, I think people are probably reacting on this because if you go back further in the season, I know a particular incident that that griped you, if you like, is when he went over when we played Seattle when he came out of the sideline after being knocked out of bounds, sort of yeah. slapping everybody's asses and saying, and, and saying, uh, you know, I miss you and I'll call you soon. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's just on top of that. It was all made to look a lot worse, but it, it doesn't really bother me too much. Yeah. Do you know what? It didn't bother me at the start because I was like, oh, who cares? I was so sort of downtrodden. But then I'm thinking this guy really needs a lesson in, you know, etiquette because as relaxed as we were, when it comes down to it, to throw the ball in the air and then give a big massive chest bump, like, dude, relax. There's going to be people on your sideline that are absolutely devastated. You know, there's going to be players like Julius Peppers who this is probably the last game that they're ever going to play in, you know? And then you're throwing the ball up in the air and you're slap arson and you're doing all this. Like, fair enough. Like, you know, get brought down and all of that. Now, what I will say for him is, is that the Falcons player that gets up uh, although Kristen Michael you don't know what he's saying to him as he's tackling him you know what I mean like like come here boy I'm going to put you down this is the last play come on give me a hug you don't know what he's saying it kind of griped me a bit because I'm kind of thinking like look if we don't care that's fine but there's going to be players out there who absolutely do care but come here let's end on this because I think I don't know we've tried to make it lighthearted and we've, we've ran on a bit I'm going to ask you this question Ryan the NFC Championship game where we lost to the Seahawks is quite a different game than how we lost to the Falcons when it comes down to a game, would you rather it go right to the wire, maybe go into overtime and then we lose? Or would you prefer a game like this that was just downright embarrassing almost from the from the opening coin toss? Oh, wow. That's that's a tough one. Um, okay, if I think back to this Seattle game, we had a team that should have gone to the Super Bowl and were capable of winning that Super Bowl. If you look at this way round, we got destroyed, I guess, in this game last night. But... Whilst we could have made the Super Bowl, it was a team that was probably, I don't know, I guess with the players we had out there, the issues we'd had, the injuries we'd had through the season, everything else, it's probably a team that had gone further than it is expected to. Um, had we gone to the Super Bowl and ended up against the Patriots right now, I mean, it could it could have been it could have ended hard work in that. So I think last night was more embarrassing. Um, 
and dis and disappointing. But the sea the sea the Seattle game I remember just being frustrated and angry. Uh, so I don't know that I can pick one or the other. The Seattle game still sickens me, so I'd probably pick watching last night's game. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go for if you're in a game and it's a close game and it comes down like there's certain games that just haunt me forever. And I mean this seriously. And I never thought because I was a like I was a super Man United fan, right? I don't particularly uh, give two shits now. But back then I had Man United wallpaper. I had a Man United watch and all the rest of it. Really into it. Um, What's this? When you were 24? Yeah, when I was. Yeah, all those years ago. Um, no I'm not that old uh, so I had everything I had to watch the whole lot uh, you know I had a Schmeichel jersey you know everyone was getting you know Giggsy jerseys and Kinchelskis whereas I was a Cantona I did have a Cantona but I used to rock the Schmeichel jersey you know that's how deep it went but when we lost we lost me and Man United when I used to play for them so when we lost you know I wasn't too bummed out about it I was like yeah okay maybe that's because they didn't lose too many high profile games or whatever I don't know but when it comes down to the Packers now it really upsets me and that Seahawks game really upsets me because you could see these almost divine plays, you know, going in the way of the Seahawks where he gets away and he scrambles. We should have sacked him. We couldn't. He just throws the ball up into the air, almost taking the piss. And then, you know, the Seahawks player comes down with it. I think it was maybe with Sam Shields just hanging on his back for no reason. And then, you know, we ride Doug Baldwin, I think maybe it was, into the end zone or whatever. You know, like it came down to just these dumb plays and we were winning the game. We were highly capable of winning the game. We were up whatever it was, 19-3 at halftime. If extrapolate, we could have bet them, you know, 38 or more, especially if they could become demoralized and do away with the run game. That game annoys me more than anything else. I would rather get embarrassed like last night and be kind of at peace with it by the end of the game as opposed to, you know, like even, like my house was, was tense, tense yesterday because Joan was saying to me, you know, like, just calm down, remember, it's only a game. And it became a really serious thing because I was totally bummed out by it. And then when it came down to the Cardinals, where we got it to overtime, that's a game that kind of, it was a mixture of the Seahawks versus this game, where this season, where no, no one really expected us to have a chance. And we come back, we bang a Hail Mary into the end zone, we push it to overtime, you'd think we might have that momentum. Then the defense doesn't mark their one marquee wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald he gets 67 or 75 yards whatever it was is just felled right before the end zone and then they just punch it in on second down or whatever it was for a touchdown like that just really pissed me off that game's so close and you get so amped and ready for it and then you just get blown apart then in the last play so that game last night we got embarrassed I do feel that perhaps at the start of the game we could have put a game to them and to be honest with you I don't particularly believe in the Falcons even though all the stats are there they say they're good I think they can be bet by the Patriots um, you know because we had that missed field goal and then we had Rip getting the ball ripped from him and then we just got behind and then it was it was game over but at that stage it's such a drubbing I was like okay lads just get points on the board and see what happens I would way prefer to get embarrassed and go home because you got bet by the better team and no one can second guess it because what makes the NFC Championship game worse against the Seahawks was is that we bet the Patriots in the regular season quite convincingly so much so that we put out a meme on our Instagram of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers meeting after the game and we said here's Aaron Rodgers with one of his fans which is funny because they had a quote last night didn't they during the broadcast where Tom Brady says anytime Aaron Rodgers plays I stay up and you know make sure that I watch it because he's brilliant you know and yeah. I just we could have won that Super Bowl and the fact that we meet up every year for a Super Bowl party and we could have been in it realistically could have been in it and we should have been in it that hurts me but anyway, let's end on that. We're in uh, Bloomsbury Lanes. You can buy tickets. It's the Gridiron official Super Bowl party. And Ryan, for a tenner, you get some bang for your buck, right? You do. Free beer, free magazine, uh, free entry into competitions. One of the best venues in London to watch American football. It really is good. We've been several times. On our Facebook page, find us. If you're not on there already, please like us. Um, it lags be it well lags behind our Twitter, doesn't it? And oh, for for no reason, guys. So get onto Facebook, give us mm-hmm. a like. On there, you'll find the event. You'll be able to buy the tickets via that event, and you'll be able to confirm that you are attending. Obviously, also in the day, we've got to get our first win because the first two games we played against the Arrowheads abroad in flag football, which is now fast becoming a Super Bowl Sunday tradition, we have tied. To, I think it was twenty-one twenty-one last year, and before the year before that was twenty-six twenty-six. So. This year, we must get a win. And so come on down if you want to play. Um, and then 
all go and drink some beers mm. in the evening and watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you don't have to pay for the flag, it's free. And as well as that, if you come to the Super Bowl party, uh, myself and Ryan are going to host it. It doesn't mean we're bouncers on the door. I don't think you get very far at that. Um, I'll be just junk junk punching people. But we're, you know, we're going to be on the door checking you in. Make sure you buy your tickets. There's going to be no tickets on the door. If there are, they're going to be very limited and just assume you're not going to get them, especially don't come down to London trying to get in because it happened the last few years where that happened. Um, and also, an honourable mention before we go is that we have our limited edition baseball tees. Now, a few people have sort of said to us, oh, you know, I'll buy you on maybe next month when I have money. Uh, let's just clear something up about these t-shirts. This isn't the gimmick. They are limited edition. Right? We, we have very few of these. So what we're doing is we're making them to order. But the process, by the way, we had to do this was is that we had to go and order in advance. Now, like we said, we're not a business. We don't earn money. We don't have money like just sitting in a big coffer just to spend on stuff. So the deal is, is that we order a certain amount and we have to sell a certain amount. Now, uh, we're making these T-shirts specifically for you to order. But on the back of that, we ordered just a tiny few uh, so we've a tiny few in stock, but once they're gone, they're gone. And this design, as beautiful as it is, it is dead. It's going to die forever. It's like a Game of Thrones episode. You're falling in love with that favorite character. You really like them. You go on a journey with them and they get their head chopped off. That's exactly what we're doing with this t-shirt. Once it's done, it's done. There is no more. We're not going to reprint them. Um, and as well as that, anybody sort of looking for freebies saying, oh, I have one, but if no money, uh, we can't give it to you for free because we don't make particularly any money off them so uh, if you want the t-shirt there's very limited stock it on the website now and place your order and you know that will go to out of stock if you're the last person to place the order we've only a limited number in each size um so yeah we, not- w- we will be able to get them to you as well before super bowl sunday so you can still represent your uk packers even though the packers won't be there yeah because um, we'll still be lots of tweet lots of tweeting lots of action all the way up to the super bowl past the super bowl and all off season yeah because this is the thing in the off season our podcast was the number one nfl podcast on itunes at betnfl.com at bet espn uh, the inside the huddle podcast wipe the floor with that ross tucker bet him so we beat everybody who comes to the off season because let's face it it's mostly banter but that's all we have time for if you want a t-shirt uh, get on and purchase it uh, to be completely transparent with people when they're going to get them is that they should be fully done and printed and off the press on thursday and they're going to be shipped from ireland uh, hopefully on the friday or saturday so they'll be with you then the following week uh well before the super bowl but look it was fun hanging out which is all season i know i speak on behalf of myself and ryan when we say that uh, keep hitting up the twitter as ryan says get onto the facebook we've an instagram that's a blast full of uh, memes so get on there any meme ideas send them in and of course you can follow me on twitter at nfl uh you can follow the group at uk packers and of course follow me old buddy me old pal at ryan peacock nfl and it's till next week goodbye